Confused by finances, investing, estate and retirement planning? Well, we went to school so you don't have to. Welcome to Finances and with Kathy and Norma. Welcome to Finances and Car Insurance with Kathy and Norma. We went to school so you don't have to. Car insurance is one of those things that anyone, everyone really needs. If Even if you have access to a car, it's always good to have insurance. So I think the real benefit to having insurance, which it feels like, why am I paying this money? Is that in an emergency when you're going to have to pay a lot of money, that it's going to cover you. So any damages that your car gets or that you get or that your passengers get, that's not the kind of expenses that most of us can just say, oh, here's a few thousand dollars to you know take care of it. So the idea behind insurance is that you always have money available to you. Or God forbid your car is stolen or totaled. Replacing that is a huge expense. So that's the purpose behind it. Of course, insurance is one of those terrible things, right? You, you have to have it because you never want to use it. But when you need it, you're very glad that you got it, right? Absolutely. So liability is one of the biggest components of car insurance. It basically helps pay for other drivers if you're at fault in an accident. So bodily injury liability pays for their medical bills if they're hurt. So you can actually just get liability, you know, on your car. So there's, there's two different really ways, two different ways really for describing the word liability, Mm. liability is whether you're at fault, but liability is also a limitation on a car insurance. So you don't actually have to get the two components, which is liability and comprehensive. Usually people with junkers or, you know, like an older car that it's really not worth fixing will simply just get the liability part of it. And again, it'll just help pay if there's any bodily injury done to another human. And and the beauty of that is it's going to pay for you or if your family member borrows your car or even if, you know, your neighbor. I know for myself, one day my car would not start. I could not get it jumped. I contacted my next door neighbor and I just said, oh, can you please drive me to work? And she said, can you just take my car? Which was a shock to me that she would offer. What a blessing. Mm. But I was covered with my insurance on her vehicle because she allowed me to take her vehicle. So it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, you know, my son's away in college right now and I actually still pay to have him on my insurance just in case he drives somebody else's car. Sure. Even though he doesn't currently have access to mine. So that liability coverage isn't... Yeah, and it does not cover somebody who takes your car without permission. So if I had just said, hey, her car looks good and it's available and I took it, well, then I wouldn't have... My insurance wouldn't cover if there'd been an accident. You're also not covered if you're an employee in an employee car because that's something you would actually put against workman's comp. So that's why it's not covered. It does not cover just because it has wheels. It doesn't cover an ATV or your bike or anything like that. It also can't pay for damages to the rental car itself. We'll talk more about rental cars, but it doesn't specifically cover damages to the rental car because that's, again, it's somebody else's property in that way. All right. It also covers medical payments. So that would be medical, dental, funeral expense. And this would be any expenses incurred within years of an accident. Medical payments in an insurance policy are described as per person and per limit coverage. So there is a Let's just say you've got a hundred thousand dollar, and this is a lot, but a hundred thousand dollar a person, but a two hundred thousand dollar per incident coverage. That means if there were five people in your car, the maximum that it would pay out would be that two hundred thousand dollars. And medical payments are regardless of fault. So 
Did you know that D.C. had the highest incidence of insurance cost and that North Dakota has the lowest? So that might be something to consider when you're thinking of a place to move is to, you know, how much your insurance is going to cost you to have it. Not the coverage you're getting, but the actual how much you're going to pay for it. And I'm actually surprised about that because for the last two years living in Connecticut, I've actually had a, maybe I think a five or six percent increase each year simply because of living. In- wow. I, I know that. Find out. <laughs> I know one of the things that we should be doing once a year at least is contacting our insurance companies to try and see if you can get a good deal. It's easy to just keep the insurance you have and not try to get a better deal, but annually just make it kind of your finance day and just call around and see how much they're going to charge you to have the same amount of coverage because it's all you really want is you want a certain dollar amount of coverage. Similar story, just called Verizon myself and through talking to them, I just got $40 a month taken off of my bill. I mean, that's wow. that's huge. It's a huge thing. So make the call worst cases that you can't, but at least you know you have the best, right? Yeah, absolutely. But also if you know that your credit score has reduced uh, mm-hmm. since the last time you, you know, you were quoted, I definitely would not call, try to get a better rate because they will pull soft pull on your credit report and it could actually make your rate. So when you say a soft pull, what's that? A hard pull versus a soft pull on a credit report. Hard pull can affect your credit score only by a few points, but it does affect it. And then those do appear on your credit report. Soft pulls do not appear on, do not affect your credit. That's good. So at least it's not going to affect it, but it's good to know. Sort of like trying to get, if you're actually applying for a loan or a credit card, that's that hard pull. Exactly. Exactly. So Basically, you talked about what the maximum is that they're going to pay, but it's also true that there'll be maximums for property damage as well. So what I think was confusing to me when I first got insurance was there was these numbers and it would say 100 slash 200 slash 500. And, you know, honest to God, I don't know what that was. And I just said, okay, because it's what my insurance company said I needed. As it turns out, those amounts are actually 100,000, 200,000, 500,000. And you're quoted what's the minimum required for your state. So it's important that they know where that car is going to be garaged. That's what it's called. And so in that way, they look at, well, Virginia requires, and there's some dollars that are listed there. And that goes back to how much they're going to pay out per incident, per person. That's with those particular numbers. Does car insurance cover you if you're traveling? Yeah. If you have the levels, so it does. It absolutely does. One of the things that we're just, I was just mentioning about being in a different state. So I don't know what the numbers are for Virginia, because again, I'm just going to take it because I have to, but let's just say I drove up to Connecticut to visit you and the ins- the amount that I had to have, let's say instead of a hundred thousand per person, I had to have $200,000 per person in Connecticut. If I was a resident of that state, when, you travel from state to state, even though your policy might be lower than the requiring state, you're going to be covered for whatever that state is. You're not going to pay more. You're just going to be covered because they they realize people are traveling and, and they're just, they say, all right, well, we'll cover that difference if necessary when traveling. So I don't have to check what every state is and call my insurance company and let them know I'm going somewhere, do I? <laughs> no, no. And how silly. Yeah, let's go to the beach. No, we have to change our insurance to do it, right? <laughs> That's great. It also covers damages to your car, obviously. Coverage to your car and driving a non-owned car. So again, if you borrowed somebody's car, like I mentioned earlier, I cover my son, a rental as well. And that's only if you weigh the car rental insurance. So the car rental insurance, I know a lot of people rent cars if they go on vacation. Although lately, you know, a lot of people seem to do the Uber or Lyft, you know, one of the rideshare sure. services because it's just so much more convenient. But 
when you're driving a rental car and they offer you that insurance, sometimes it, you know it's really high. If you actually bring your, insur- your your car insurance card with you, you can actually have that rental covered under your current policy. So if something happens, it'll get covered under your policy. Now, there's benefits to that because obviously you're not going to be paying that daily insurance fee, but then there's also pitfalls. If something happens, now it's going through your insurance and there's a potential for your premiums to go up. So it may actually, you need to weigh the benefit of, of not having a hassle versus paying that, that higher charge to have that rental car. So you're saying that if I take the car rentals insurance on it, if there is an accident that I'm avoiding paying, excuse me, I'm avoiding having to fill out all the paperwork and stuff that the insurance company would take care of that. So that seems like that would be a benefit. Also that it's possible that if that's the case, then my own insurance might go up because I had to put a claim to my insurance. Exactly. And like you said, it's one of those things that you you have to have, but you don't want to use. So anything that you can do to avoid using it would be to your benefit. Yeah. So just quickly, like, so what are some things that would help me have a lower cost of insurance? Some of those things might be installing anti-theft devices on your car or certain safety features on your car. If they have airbags, that'll help bring it down. Also, if you have a electronic payment that might also keep them from charging you. They'll they'll help keep your payments down. And then most people are familiar with the safe driver that kids have to take or good student as well. And I've even seen the Geico, you stick some kind of a monitor in your car and then they monitor how well you're driving. That can help bring it down. Well, there's also that multi-policy discount. If you've got the same insurance company for your car, your homeowners or renters, and let's just say uh, a life insurance policy or something to that effect, you can actually get a discount for having all of your services or more than one service with your insurance. Sure. They would love to have all your money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you know that if you get a DUI, your insurance, they can cancel it and or it can go up to 80%. So whatever you're paying now, plan on paying another 80%. So another reason not to drink and drive. I found that out. Not personally. Uh, no, thank you for my research. <laughs> Good call. Thank you for saving me. No, it was purely through research alone. <laughs> Just no. making sure. Not that there's anything wrong with that assignment. <laughs> wanted to confirm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fair enough. I'm working with you. So you mentioned collision, but the other part of that is comprehensive. And what comprehensive covers is other kinds of perils. If your car is damaged by a missile, yay, it's going to be covered. More, more seriously, any kind of falling objects or fire, theft, earthquakes, wind, hail, flood, and vandalism, that's all covered with the comprehensive as you mentioned earlier, that has more to do with getting, you're paying that because you want to get another car just like you currently have, or you want to bring your car back to the standard set. If you have an old junker, God bless you, you're doing a great job and you're able to keep using that vehicle, but you're not going to get a lot of comprehensive or any comprehensive on it because they can't bring it back to its state if it's a you know 15-year-old vehicle. So any I don't know what the actual age is, but you know I'm going to just call it newer cars and you'll have to talk to your insurance agent about it. But that's what you're going to want to put comprehensive on and they're going to obviously guide you. The more expensive a vehicle, the more expensive your comprehensive is going to be. For example, Honda Civics are the most stolen vehicle in the United States. That has a higher comprehensive because they realize that people want to steal that car. 
So something to think about. So what happens if you need to put a claim against your vehicle, contact your insurance agent, you can dispute it. If they say that you're, either your rates are going to go up or there's some kind of a loss, the insurance company gets to decide if they're going to total your car and, and give you cash for the car, or if they're going to claim it's a, it's a loss for you. And then what they're going to pay you is the value of your car minus your deductible. So what is a deductible? A deductible is the amount that you're saying for every incident that you will pay. So for example, if your deductible is $100 and you have an accident, the first $100 for repair of your vehicle is going to come from you. If your deductible is $500, that that $500 is going to come from you. And in order to lower your deductible, you would actually pay a higher premium. So the higher the deductible, the lower your premium. So again, this is another decision that that you have to make as to whether you know you want lower monthly payments or if something should happen, do you want to pay that higher amount, that lower amount per incident? So, and what you can do is just have a high deductible. Let's just say a thousand dollar deductible. You save that money between in your premium between the higher and the lower. And then if something should happen, you have that emergency fund with that difference. And then you could continue to just enjoy that lower rate. So it's a good point you make that if you decide to get the higher deductible and let's say that you're saving $100 a quarter or, or every year, twi- oh, sorry, twice a year, you need to take that $100 and put it away in savings somewhere in case you need it. And each time you're saving that amount of money, you're kind of making your own insurance pot in case you need it, not spending that money because not only you're saving money then, but if you come to have have a lot of tragedies at once, you're going to have to have a lot of money out of pocket. Yes. Something's not going to go wrong on your car when you have a lot of money. And Murphy's law. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a rule. You run out yeah. of money and your car is going to go. Okay. Absolutely. Good. good. <laughs> um, uninsured motorists. They are the people who do not get insurance. And since so many drivers don't pay after an accident of some kind, your insurance company might require you to have uninsured motorist insurance. And what that does is covers the bodily injury to yourself or your property, but not their vehicle. In other words, if they cause an accident, but don't have insurance, you're sort of paying your own insurance in case whoever hits you and is at fault doesn't have any insurance. And that again, covers you, your family, anyone that's actually in your car or a person that you said could. The problem again is that now we're paying for insurance for somebody who doesn't have insurance. So it's a frustration that you're paying for someone else who didn't bother. And insurance doesn't cover, your regular car insurance doesn't cover the ride share. Let's just say you are a driver for one of the ride share services. You actually need to contact your insurance company, get special coverage for that. Another case where it doesn't cover is if you use it as a home. If you use it while you're working, it is definitely one of the three questions, many questions really, that they ask you when you get into an accident, where you're using it for rideshare, you know, where you're working. Another thing it doesn't cover is, again, like you talked about earlier, when somebody uses your car without permission and something's, and something's uh, fewer than four wheels. So your car insurance won't cover if you have a motorcycle. So you need special motorcycle. So it covers, it doesn't cover anything with lower than the, with less than the four yeah. wheels. So what happens when you have an accident? You, go ahead. Well, after you have, if something, if you should have an accident, the first thing you need to do is call the police so that you can, they can come, they can check the accident scene. They can have a police report created. After that, the 
then within 24 hours or so, you need to notify your insurance company and let them know that you had an accident. They're going to want to send somebody out to check out the car. They're going to want to ask you a lot of questions. If anybody else was in the car with you, they're going to need to speak with them. They're going to ask if anyone was hurt. And then that's when your claim gets filed. Once your claim is filed, they'll send, as I just stated, appraiser to check out the car. This appraiser will look at your car from top to bottom, maybe about a half hour or so. And then they will determine what it's going to cost roughly to fix your car. And then from there, you can pretty much take your car wherever you want to get fixed. The insurance company just works with the provider. Usually the the provider ends up seeing that it actually needed more than what the appraiser said. They'll work with the insurance company to take care of all of that. And then all you'd be responsible for is your deductible. So I know here, if you have a fender bender, basically, you know, some minor body damage to your vehicle, the police aren't very interested in coming out. And I don't mean that as a negative. I just mean that they don't need to come out for that. We don't need a report for it here. But if it's stolen or there's some kind of a major accident or a hit and run, then they do have to file a board. I don't know. Is that true there? Do you know? I don't, but I do know, you know, unless it's something major, like you said, you don't want to call the police for, you know, a small thing that's going to be less than your deductible. It's not going to be worth it. There's no sense in filing an insurance claim for something that's going to cost you less than what you're going to have to pay them anyway. And like I said, in the deductible, but again, it's a good point. Yeah. That they, if they don't have if you if you know that whatever's happening that you have to fix on your car is less than whatever your deductible is, don't even bother to file it because then you're just filing a claim against insurance. That's a good point. I, yeah, I and as long as nobody that. else was hurt, obviously, and, and as long as the other person's car isn't damaged and it wasn't your fault, then then it doesn't make sense. So again, there's a lot of little nuances there. The fender bender, as you explained, like, I don't know, you hit a curb and something happened to your car, then you don't need to call the insurance for that. You don't need to call the cops for that. But if you're involved in an, in an incident with another vehicle and that vehicle has damage, then you definitely need to contact your insurance company, regardless of what you think your damages are. So it, and your insurance will cover you here in the States, in any of the territories of the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, but it does not cover you if you head south. So if you're in Mexico, your car insurance will not cover you for that. You're going to have special insurance. So just keep in mind if you're planning a trip and driving to that trip. So what are some of the costs or things that either cause your rates to go, your the cost for your rate to go up, or it could cause your rate to go down? Some of the factors that they use are your age, your sex, how often you're using the auto and how you're using it. Are you just driving a couple miles to work every day or are you having a long commute? Your driving record, which again, that little gadget that you can stick in there that helps them realize what your driving record is actually like compared to what you claim it's like. Where is your car garaged? If you live in a less populated area, then your insurance will probably be lower than if you live in a city because there's just more opportunity to have accident. I didn't know this, but Norma mentioned it earlier, FICO score. So your credit score also can affect your premiums because they're looking to see, are you responsible essentially? One of the other things is that if you let your policy lapse, so you just don't make a payment and so now you don't have credit, that's going to cost you more when you go to reapply for credit. Because again, they're looking at what's your responsibility level. And if you're if you're going to be responsible, then they're going to be more interested in covering you. And that's why the good student and being a safe driver and the number of types of tickets you had or the kind of a car that you have makes such an impact. So that's car insurance in a nutshell. So I heard some stupid things that people <laughs> claimed, if you would like to hear that. Okay. Uh, so some of the things that people have claimed for their auto and 
what caused their accidents was an invisible car came out of nowhere, struck my car and then vanished. (laughs) I'm sure that that got him all of his money. Somebody else claimed that a lamppost bumped into my car and damaged it in two places because you know how lampposts are very jumpy and that can be a problem. Great dad jokes. Thank you. you. I, I actually laughed. So, you know, actually I did find one more bit of information. The 2017 census claims that the average is that 8% of people are uninsured and that Florida has something. Well, I mean, I'm moving there in two weeks. So if you could find that out, that'd be great. <laughs> All right. I'll try and find out what it is about Florida. I appreciate it. I think we got to go now just so you can look at the look up that fun fact and get back to me. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else? I do not. So that is finances and does not provide tax or legal advice and nothing in this podcast can be construed as such. Always consult a tax accounting or legal professional for advice on your specific situation. That's finances and car insurance today. Please let us know what you think at Facebook on finances and it's two words or at Twitter at finances and or on our website at financesand.net. We love hearing from you. So ask your question. Remember, we went to school so you don't have to.